0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. who cares for us, who knows the needs that are ours and seeks to meet them every day, a God that is unbelievable, uncontainable, a God that is there, a God that leads us, that guides us and seeks to have us trust our lives to him. That is the truth that we see one place. Right here. A message that God has shared with you and with me that tells us, of his love for us. That's all this message is about. That's all this word is about. And it it's so difficult for us to try to do things on our own because we fall. I so often forget this. I forget this is the guide, this is the direction, this is the purpose for my life. That I would understand one thing and put that one thing first in my life and that would be I would put God first. And that I would serve him, live for him, and love Him the same way that He loves me. And then it's pretty simple. It's up here before you. What's the first thing we do? What is the second thing we do? We love others. We love one another because God has demonstrated what that love is all about. Now, if you were in Sunday school this morning, I don't want you to tune out, but you can, you can, you can understand this. You pretty well heard most of my message. Most of what we see today And the message that I'll be sharing with you from Nehemiah has also been shared with you through Daniel's message of what it means to be obedient, to trust God, and to rely on Him completely, and not to rely on our own abilities or to trust what we can do. The failures that come in my life, and they come quite often, often come simply because of that, because of the fact that I've trusted myself and I've trusted my abilities to be the source of my hope. We do not see that in Daniel's life, and we don't see that in Nehemiah's life, nor do we see it in Ezra's life, a constant reliance upon God's truth and a devotion to that love that he has for us. Three things that we need to remember this morning. To be touched by God's word requires our knowing it, our understanding of that word. Secondly, that we understand that it means change in our lives. God's word constantly calls us to change what is there and to yield it to God Himself. Finally, being touched by the word demands obedience in our lives. The children of Israel have been in a situation where they have moved back to where God would have them be. And you think about all the things that have happened. Now I'm thinking about Daniel. Thank you very much, David. All I can think about is Daniel right now in Sunday school. That's what we heard about Daniel and his life and what he did and how God provided for him. But the message there is not what a great guy Daniel was, how powerful Daniel was. It's interesting when you see Darius recognizes one thing and one thing alone. At the end of everything, you may not have heard this in Sunday school, but we did this morning, there's a message that he has. For all the world, Daniel's God is the true and living God. And this Word, God's Word, teaches us that message. And He seeks our reliance upon Him. Everything that we see going on in the rebuilding of the walls, and the rebuilding of the temple, is not about rebuilding brick-and-mortar buildings. It's not about what we have that surrounds us this morning. It is the relationship that we have personally with a loving and caring God. He seeks to rebuild that in your life. If you're here this morning, you've trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God's desire is that you would be renewed in that relationship. And that that brokenness that may be there, that hurt that may be there, that despair that may be there in your life would be removed and that you would trust Him completely. It may be you're here this morning and you don't have any understanding of what that word that we're going to read in just a moment is all about, but the word that is there speaks to us of God's providential care for us and of the fact that he seeks to guide and lead us to him that we might understand the love that he has for us. That's the message that is fulfilled in God's word that is the message that Nehemiah understood, and he sought to share with the people. That is the message that Ezra shares with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 8, and we'll begin in verse 1. When the seventh month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns. <clears throat> excuse me, that's, that's the previous chapter. I wanted to pick that up. Now I see what, it's not an I there, I see a one. All the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the eleventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women, and all who were able to—I want you to remember this word— understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon— Think about how long that worship service was, at least five hours. As he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men and women and others who could, you see that word again, understand, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Verse 5, Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And he opened it, and the people all stood, and Ezra prayed to the Lord the great God, and all the people lifted up their hands and responded, amen, amen, so be it, so be it. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. There's a message that is there for each of us today. And it's not about what the preacher says or what the preacher does. It's not about what goes on in our lives. It is all about what God has done for us. And that when we recognize that, When we recognize his love and his sacrifice for us, then we are able to better yield our lives to him completely. Then we begin to understand the truth of God's word and the message that he shares with us. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for the truth of your word. We thank you for the message that you have shared with human beings throughout the generations. And the message is always the same. That is of your love for us and of your desire for us to allow you to come in. Our understanding doesn't even come from within our being. It comes from, Father, from you. And I thank you for the fact that your Holy Spirit is present among us this morning. And I pray that in our lives, in my life specifically this morning, that you would fill me with your spirit. And the message that you share wouldn't be from my lips, but from your heart. Help us, Father, to recognize that. And then, Father, help us to see the need for there to be a change that comes. And when we understand, Father, that we can't stay where we are, but we become what you would have us be. And help us, Father, finally, to be obedient this morning to your word and listen to you and in hearing you, Father, to obey you. For we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. The message is pretty simple. And that's what we see lived out in those first verses that we saw in Nehemiah's message to the people Ezra's message to the people actually I find it interesting that what happens is is that the people call Ezra to come out did you see that did you hear it the people are requiring that it's like there's a recognition in their lives for the need that they have not to continually be doing what they think they're supposed to be doing which is doing what Building a wall, restoring the temple, doing those things. It's so easy for us to get wrapped up in the things that we have around us in this building that we lose sight of what our real objective is. And our real objective, our first objective, our only objective, is to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls that we would be about recognizing that God is the giver of all those good things that he's done for us. To God be the glory. We just sang that. To God be the glory for the good things that he does, the great things that he does. The message that we see lived out in that passage is a message of what it means for us to yield our lives and to understand. But understanding doesn't necessarily come easily with us doesn't for me sometimes I have difficulty in understanding we still have a door that's not straight at our house uh, and we won't talk about that anymore but I want you to look in verse 2 there's some important passages that are there made up of men and women and all who were able to understand look at verse 3 in the presence of the men and women and others who could understand in verse 8 making it clear and giving meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. It's so easy for me just to see this as a book and to read the words that are on the page of, the page of this book. But that, it's Psalm 119.11, isn't it? By word have I hid in my heart. And there's a purpose behind that. It's not just that we commit it to memory, but that What? that we might not sin against God, that we might do what God has called us to do. And that's the message that we see Ezra trying to communicate to the people that are there as he shares with them. And I hope that's the message that I do every Sunday morning with you, trying to communicate to you the message of God's love for you. But he seeks to do that, and he's done that through the generations, and he's done it through the church. A message is very clear. As Ezra shares his message, he proclaims God's word, and he, he does desires that heart relationship that people would have with a living and loving God who he seeks to serve Paul did the same thing the same process as he seeks to share with the church in Rome in Romans chapter 10 verse 14 and following we read these words then how can they call on one in whom they've not believed and how can they believe in one in whom they've not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can they preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And that's from, that's from Isaiah uh, chapter 52, a message of what you and I are supposed to be about. We're supposed to recognize what it means for us to be in this building today. Too often what I think is it's an opportunity for me to get my batteries recharged. It's time for There you go. Robert was having trouble with that this morning, I think, a little bit. To get our batteries recharged, that we need to come here, and that when we leave this place, we're charged up and ready to go. The message is pretty simple from what we see Ezra saying. As Ezra calls us to recognize what we're supposed to be about, you and I are supposed to be charged as we come here with the expectations of what God is going to do in our lives today. When you came to this room, when you came to this building today, what were your expectations? What did you expect would happen? Well, we'll go to Sunday school, we'll listen to a uh, teacher teach us for 45 minutes or what? We'll talk to friends and family, we'll see people. Uh, then you know what? We'll get up, we'll go in, and how's it go? All right, Nick's going to come up here, and he's going to say some stuff. Robert's going to come out, and he's going to lead us in a song or two, and then we're going to have some special music. Thank you very much for that, Don this morning. And then Bob comes out and talks to us. Sometimes too long, sometimes short, but not often, more often too long. And so then we get to go home. What expectations do you have of God doing in your life right now? What expectation do you have for God to move in your life, to change you from where you are to where you need to be? That is the examination that each of us need to be looking at in our lives. And that's what Ezra's calling for. He calls for us to understand the word and what that message is about and how it changed the lives of those people and how did they respond when he said what he said, amen, amen. We don't say that enough. Y'all need to be doing that. I'm not going to get you to practice. We don't want to have any choral singing right now, but there's nothing wrong with saying amen. In North Carolina, I got the opportunity to preach in a black church on several occasions. I'm going to tell you what. I left that place feeling about nine feet tall because I felt God's leadership in the lives of those people and God's affirmation in the voices of those people. That message of so be it is what we're supposed to be about. That you and I recognize that God has called us to this place and this time to have an experience, an encounter with Him. But it's not just here. If it is just here, it is completely lost. This is just one of the places that we come. To affirm as the body of Christ what God is doing in our lives and how God is lifting us up, and to give praise and glory to Him for what He will continue to do through the body that is Grace Baptist Church that we are about yielding our lives to him completely, and that we are about working together to share that message with a world that does not know the hope of Jesus Christ. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing what God has called us to. And God calls us to share that message daily with others that we see, that the message would be outside. There were others who were gathered there that day. Did you hear that? Not only those who understood... But those who did not understand, and it may be here this morning that you're here and you just don't truly understand what the message is all about, Ezra calls us to recognize what it means to yield our lives and to share the message of God's love and truth with others. Jesus did just that in Matthew 13. You know this passage. There's a parable that Jesus shares with his disciples about what it means for you and for me to be constantly doing what God has called us to. Matthew 13, verse three. Then he told them many other things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some of it fell along a path. and The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil, soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants out. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop of 160, 30 times what was sown. And look what Jesus says in verse 9 He who has ears, let him hear. Are your ears open this morning? It's hard to whisper with a microphone right in front of your mouth. But that's the question that's there for each of us. Do you understand the message that Jesus is sharing with us? What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to save the lost. I'm going to tell you what, that's not it. Our responsibility is to be sowers of seeds. And to see every situation and every possibility that you and I are in in which we might share that message of God's love. with it. The map that's on the wall out here, do you understand what that's about? That's about sharing our faith with people who don't know the good news. Who people don't understand it. They can't appreciate it. And what happens all too often in my life is I'm a pretty poor example of what it means to be that example that Christ has called me to be. We need to understand what God has called us to. And that message is he calls us to himself that we would forgive as we've been forgiven. That we would love in spite of the disappointment that people bring in our lives. That we would care for the needs of those who are around us Not because we have to, but because we don't have any choice. It's just who we are, just doing what Christ has called us to. That's what it means for us to understand the relationship we have. Secondly, being touched by the Word means we have changed lives. Then verse 9 in Nehemiah chapter 8. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Don't mourn or weep, for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. I'm I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking Robert probably is one of the people that did this with us remember, the joy of the Lord is my strength does that sound familiar to some of you? I'm looking over here, there's a lot of people over here that don't have any idea what I'm talking about I won't say where there are other people who know what I'm talking about but that was the message, we sang that song a lot There's a message behind that. The message is that our lives are a reflection of the joy that's in our lives, the heart that is ours, and it's right before you. Do you see it? I'm looking up here. Nope. Nope. Let's see. Where could it be? See this word right here? This is a reflection of who we are to be. There's a reason for that, and that reason is because the Lord has changed our lives, our hearts, our minds, and we look at things differently in Jesus Christ because we see people and circumstances through His eyes. And we are able to forgive, and we are able to deal with, and we are able to put up with, and we are able to do those things, not because we are fantastic people, But because God's Holy Spirit guides and changes us from within. We are changed from within when Jesus Christ becomes our Lord and Savior. And that change makes a difference in us. And the world should see that every day of our lives. And the people, how did they respond? How did they respond to Ezra reading the message? Remember what happened? They cried. They wept. Why did they weep? They wept because they recognized how far they were from the one who loved them and gave everything they had to them. And they couldn't do anything other than weep. But there's a message that Ezra has for them and he has the same message for us. This is a special day. Don't allow that to happen in your life. You use those opportunities for the change to come, but the change that comes It's a matter of having that joy that God brings into our lives and understanding why it's here because of what he has done. Does it mean the circumstances have changed? No. Does it mean that everything is going to be fine? No. Did it, does it mean we're not going to have surgery? Does it mean that our repairs that we have done aren't going to work? Does it mean that all those things that we hope our children are going to be great, there's not going to be a problem, there's no more problems at work, everything is fine, everything is happy? No. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And God rejoices in us when we are about his business. And he seeks to fulfill that joy in us by reminding us of his presence. That's the change that comes. It's not our lives being better, but it's a matter of our lives being filled with his spirit. And in that relationship, our lives are changed not for just this world, but for all eternity. That this hope that we have is there Because this day is a sacred day, a day for us to recognize what it means for God's Word to change our lives. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates to even dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And you and I are called to recognize what it means to see that change that comes in us when the Holy Spirit guides us. God's Word penetrates, it divides, it judges. And in doing that, what it causes us to do, this is what it doesn't cause me to do quite often enough. It's easy for me to see this in Karen's life and say, Karen needs to change that. There's a real problem she has. Lord, help Karen understand this sin that's going on in her life and get her straight. When all along, you know what good and well I'm supposed to be doing is not looking at someone else but looking at my heart and recognizing how I stand. God, where am I in this relationship with you? God, how am I honoring you by what I say and what I do, that is the change that comes in us when Jesus Christ is first and foremost. It happens in our marriages. It happens in our families. It happens in all those circumstances where God gives us the opportunity to show someone else the change that has come. And the change that has come has come from within, and that change comes from God's Holy Spirit guiding and leading our lives. Ezra told, think about this. He's telling us from over 2,500 years ago that change comes when God rules and reigns. We are called to understand the message that God has shared with us. We're called to see the change that comes in our lives. And finally this morning, being touched by the word means that we are obedient to it. Look at Nehemiah 8, beginning in verse 12. Then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food and to celebrate with a great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. That would be my prayer. We could stop right there. That would be my prayer for each of us today that we finally understand. We know now what we're supposed to be about. And what we're doing is we're going and we're telling people about the joy that's coming to our lives and that people are, people are coming to know Jesus Christ Through us, but he doesn't stop there. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra, the scribe, to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim his word and spread it throughout their towns in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olives and wild olive trees from the myrtles, the palms, the shade trees to make booze as it's written. So the people went out and they brought back branches and built themselves booze on their roofs in the courtyards, in the courts, in the houses of God, and in the square by the water gate <clears throat> and the one by the gate of Ephraim. And the whole company that had returned from Ezra, excuse me, exile built booze and lived in them. From the days of Joshua the son of Nun until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated like this. And their joy was great. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated with feasts for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Years ago, in Texas, at New Hope Baptist Church, and there's some folks that are probably listening to this message right now from New Hope, uh, so I won't name any names. But we looked around and we began to recognize something that was going on in that church. What can we do to make a difference? And I had a fellow that came up to me, a dear friend, and he came and he said this. We talked about what they used to do. They used to have camp meetings. They had a camp meeting down this, this is in the middle of nowhere down in the valley in the Brazos River Basin, and they had a camp meeting. And Giles told me this. I said, Giles, do you remember those days? Do you remember what it used to be like? And he said, I sure do. We were in a valley. That church building was in a valley. And he said this. He said, and you could hear the preaching. There was no amplification when this boy was growing up because he was in his 80s at the time. And he said you could hear the preaching throughout the whole valley. You could hear the singing throughout the whole valley. And it impacted everyone who was here, everyone who lived, not just those who were a part of the church, but everyone who was there. And then he added this caveat. He said, but that was when this church was at the heart of the community. God has put Grace Baptist Church in this community for a reason. We are to be the heart. We are to be the message of the hope that God has called us to. And we are to be sharing that message incessantly with everything we do and everything we say that the world would know that Jesus Christ is Lord and that they would see in us the joy of the Lord, and that they would experience that because of the relationship that we have. Galatians five twenty two, the fruits of the spirit are evident in you, and that's what Paul is telling to the church and churches of Galatia. Listen to it. The fruits of the spirit, fruits of the spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. There is a call for us to nail that life that is ours, that, those things that, that are ours, and, I, and I, I struggle with this every Sunday, to be sure it's not a Bob telling stories about his past when the story that needs to be told of the future of what God has in store for me. This is where God is leading me. This is what God has called me to do. This is how God would have me serve him. The past helps us understand the future. But if we live there, nothing ever would happen. I would tell you, I'll give you a caveat real quickly. This will be a fast one. We did the camp meeting. And there was a friend that was there who was a severe alcoholic. And I went to him and I said, would you help us with the camp meeting, and he said, I'll do anything you want me to. And I said, I need you to use your truck and haul some stuff away from us. And I looked in the back of his pickup truck, and it couldn't have been any more full of beer cans than it was. God changed that man's life. I can see the brother of the man I told you about, standing up in a front-end loader, an 88-year-old man. That's a scary thing, an 88-year-old man standing up in the front end of a front loader with a chainsaw. Because God told him, this is going to be something that's going to change our community and make it be what it was. Take us back to where we were, but lead us into the future where God would have us be. That's what God is seeking to do in our lives if we don't tether ourselves to the past and look to the future and understand God's love and redemptive power and what it can do in our lives. Listen to the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Apply the Word of God to your life. Take that message and share the hope that is yours With someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today, that others might have the same hope that you and I have. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this day for the love that you have for us and for the sacrifice that you've made for us. You look at our lives and you recognize the sin that is there, and yet you still love us. The world thinks, Father, that we are just sinners. And we are, but we are sinners saved by grace because we trusted you as Lord and Savior. Father, there's one here this morning who's never made that commitment, never said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. My prayer would be, this would be the time that they would pray this prayer. Father, I recognize the sin in my life and I know it separates from me from you. I know that that sin is a barrier between my life and yours because you are a holy God and you can't stand the sight of it. And yet you look beyond me to see what I can become in you. And you take my life when I yield it to you. Ezra yielded his life to you. Nehemiah yielded his life to you. I believe those people who were there at that revival service yielded their lives to you completely when they said, amen, amen, and what did they do? They fell on their faces and they prayed and praised God. God, we praise you for who you are and what you do, and we pray that we would not stay the same today, but that our lives would be filled with that presence that comes of knowing and trusting you. That's the prayer, Father, of what it means to recognize that we give our lives to you completely. We just yield them to you and say, here it is, Lord, take my life, let it be. Whatever you'd have me do, wherever you'd have me go, I'll go because I give my life, my heart to you. Father, for those of us that have made that prayer many years ago, and now we've kind of lost sight of where we're headed, you help us to stop and you help us to recognize where we are and see if we're headed to you or away from you. Forgive us for the sins that are ours. You help us to recognize those sins, Father, and confess them before you. But we know that you're good to forgive. And we ask forgiveness. I ask forgiveness this morning, Father, for the way I failed you, the ways I failed you. And I thank you, Father, for the fact that you listened to that prayer because Jesus Christ is the source of my hope. He's paid the price. You already know that. But I thank you for it. For he loved me so. And it's in his love that I come to you right now. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.